Hello, and welcome to episode number 263, wow, of Smart Podcast Trashy Books. I am Sarah Wendell from Smart Bitches Trashy Books, and this is a podcast that's all about romance, the women who read it and write it, and all of the other awesome things that surround that genre. This week, I have an interview that I recorded at RWA in July with Alyssa Cole, and we are going to talk about clothing. But don't worry, we're going to start with books and history. We start by talking about her upcoming publications, and there are several. And we talk about the pockets of resistance that among people in the South during the Civil War who fought against the Confederacy. Some of the research on that topic appears in her upcoming book, A Hope Divided. Then we focus on her contemporary spring release from Avon, A Princess in Theory, which uh, combines potential spam email, a young woman studying epidemiology, and a royal dude who comes to the U.S. to do some official princing. That's capital O, official, capital P, princing. Now, here's where we get to the clothing. The cover for this book is stunning. And we take a really interesting deep dive into the development of that image. We also talk about independent clothing designers, entrepreneurs in fashion design and development, and the history and sociology of clothing. We also talk about Adorned by Nicole, who made the dress for a Princess in Theory's cover and has made several of Alyssa's conference clothing items as well. Plus, 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 we have a coupon from Adorned by Nicole. Thank you, Nicole. You can get 10% off an item from Adorned by Nicole on Etsy with the code Alyssa10. I will have links to all of this information in the podcast entry at smartbitchestrashybooks.com slash podcast. I'm seriously so excited to bring you this episode. I've been really, really enjoying editing it. Now, this episode is brought to you by Pretend You're Safe by Alexandra Ivy and by Kensington Books. Thank you, Kensington, for sponsoring this month's podcasts. I will tell you the description that I am about to read gave me the creepies, not that this is a difficult thing to do to me. And so if you are looking for creepy chili books because it's becoming darker earlier, if you're in the Northern Hemisphere and we're approaching fall, this will probably be a book. This is entirely at least catnip, this book. Are you ready? First came the floods, then the bodies, and then the lockets. Lockets filled with blood-stained hair. See? Told you, creepy. J.C. Patterson escaped a serial killer as a young girl, and now that same serial killer or a copycat is targeting her once again, taunting her, stalking her, and leaving her more perverted gifts. As a teen, she could not convince the cops that what was happening to her was anything but a prank. Now that literal bodies have begun to surface, will the police finally believe her and take up the case? Demonstrating her strong plotting ability, Pretend You're Safe by New York Times bestselling author Alexandra Ivy is a tale full of thrilling suspense and unforgettable twists. A tale so chilling it will have readers looking over their shoulders because no one in this world is safe. For more information, visit kensingtonbooks.com. Or you can have a look at the podcast entry because I will have all of the information about this book and all the books that we mentioned during the interview as well. Now, I also have compliments, so if you were creeped out, now it's the good part. Yay! First, compliments to Vicky R. Everyone who knows you knows that you make awesome things, and more importantly, you make things awesome. And to Sky K, I love your name, by the way. That's a beautiful name. You are the human personification of the kind of laughter that makes your eyes water and the kind of hugs that last for years. And if you are thinking, gee, I would like a compliment like that, you can totally have one. Go to patreon.com slash smartbitches and you can join the most wonderful human beings who are helping support the podcast with pledges of as little as $1 a month. All of them make an enormous, positive, much appreciated difference. Plus, I have started transcribing, or well, commissioning Garlic Knitter to transcribe to be more accurate, the transcripts for early episodes. I think we've gotten as far as episode nine, so you know I'm deep in the archives, and I have about 70 that do not have transcripts to go with them. Now that we have hit my Patreon goal for that project, thank you, thank you, thank you, I am now commissioning transcripts so that all of the older episodes will have a written account as well as an audio file, which I'm very, very dedicated to for a whole lot of reasons, not the least of which is accessibility and making sure that people who don't want to listen can read, and people who want to read don't have to listen. Yay! The music you're listening to is provided by Sassy Outwater. I'll have information at the end of the podcast. And you can find us on iTunes at itunes.com slash dbsa. But now, without any further delay, on with the interview with Alyssa Cole. You're Alyssa Cole. I am. 
And you are here with one arc, one book coming out in February, one book recently out for two publishers. Yes. So we're here to talk about clothing. Yes. This makes perfect sense, right? Yeah, of course. Yeah. Totally. Why not? (laughs) Before we get to the clothes, which is the cool part, because we are going to talk about your books, do you want to talk about what you have coming up in the next year? Because you have so many cool things coming up. Let's start the interview by talking about you. (laughs) I guess we can do that. Um, (laughs) You know, no pressure. Let's see. What do I have coming up in the next year? So in October, coming out on October 19th, and actually kind of related to clothing because one of the heroines is a seamstress and a dressmaker. Perfect. Um, My novella in um, Hamilton's Battalion, which is an anthology I'm doing with Courtney Milan and Rose Lerner, whose stories are freaking amazing. And like, I'm not going to get into it. You can get into it as much as you want. I guess I'm like try. I I shouldn't be coy, but <laughs> their stories are amazing. Um, and this this um, anthology is basically about um, it's tangentially related to Hamilton. Anyone who knows us knows that we freaking love Hamilton. Um, you, you seem in favor of it. Yes. Yes. So it is basically um, you know Hamilton had his battalion at the Battle of Yorktown, and it's. Deal. It follows people who were in Hamilton's battalion. Um, after, if you have listened to the song or actually read the history book, you know that Eliza, his wife Eliza Hamilton, was collecting um, all of the stories about him after he died, and she would have people who served under him or people who worked with him come in. So basically, the frame story is um, people from the battalion basically telling a little bit about their time with the battalion. Uh, well, and also, um, their love stories that are tied to that. Courtney Milan's story is a male-male romance about, and it's kind of a road trip romance about, you know, after the Battle of Yorktown. Um, Rose Lerner's story is, uh, and a trope that I love and a lot of people love, um, a woman pretending, posing as a male soldier in order to fight and it has like a really awesome twist and it's super patriotic and um the heroine is jewish and it's about patriotism and religion and love for your country and your people and i'm getting all emotional thinking about it but um, so. i'm just sitting here thinking well that's all my catnip great <laughs> And when does this come out? Like tomorrow? Uh, it comes out October nineteenth. Uh, you know, 19th. around the anniversary of the Battle of Yorktown. I'm gonna have to set up a reminder. Like, um, we will, you know, have arcs and stuff for that. And um, my story is um, a female, female, and it is featuring one of Eliza's maids who is helping her with the collection of these stories and the interviews. And who is kind of um, hiding herself away from the world because, you know, it's quiet uptown. Um, And she is uh, dealing with her own anxiety and her own sense of um, she doesn't believe in love anymore. Mm -hmm. And then a woman shows up. Um, It's actually tied to my story, Be Not Afraid. The woman who shows up is Elijah Sutton's granddaughter. Mm -hmm. Uh, Elijah was in Hamilton's battalion after be not afraid ends and so she's telling her grandfather's story to eliza hamilton um because he's not feeling well and then they kind of make this connection and there's a bit of you know um learning to love again and learning to feel and feel beauty and to come back from grief and from loss and from uh to allow yourself to feel beauty in the world when you have told yourself that you shouldn't anymore Oh, yeah. That was like a really long description. <laughs> the more information, the better. Always. Sorry. But she's a seamstress. Oh, so um, Elijah's granddaughter is a dress. She owns a dress shop. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, she's having she's a businesswoman. She she makes dresses. And um, I'm sure that was like in the back of my mind tied to my interest, my current interest in like, you know, cl- making clothing and things like that. Not me other people making clothing right um so there's that in october and november 28th i 
believe, um, A Hope Divided, which is the second book in the Loyal League series, comes out with um, from Kensington. And that is, uh, it follows Malcolm's brother, Ewan McCall. And uh, the heroine's name is Marley. And she is, so basically, uh, it's kind of like Belle meets Free State of Jones. It Just to give a basic idea, it's not that exact thing. But it's basically a woman who um, was, uh, her mother was a slave. Um, she was born free. Her mother was freed. Uh, she never knew her father. Uh, she is biracial. And um, as when she became a teenager, her father's family came to claim her and kind of give her a better life than she was having. Like she was having a, you know, she was perfectly happy with her mother, but her mother wanted her to have more opportunity than she would have with her. And uh, the hero is you and McCall, who is uh, Malcolm McCall, the hero of an extraordinary union. It's his brother. Whereas Malcolm is very charming and outgoing. Ewan is um, kind of withdrawn and, more he's very into like greek philosophy and the idea of justice and what is right and what is wrong and he's also a counterintelligence agency agent who kind of had to do some not great things to get information uh for the union and he is in prison when they meet um she is going to the prison to like provide some you know medicine and marley um her mother is like a conjure woman, a roots woman who worked, who made medicine and stuff for slaves on surrounding plantations. Um, and so, but she's kind of uh, veered more toward science and not the spirituality aspect of that. So part of the book is her coming to terms with science and spirituality versus Ewan's logic and how the idea of how logic can be used to justify anything and also um, the background story is that they are in the Piedmont area of North Carolina where there was a lot of, um, you know, we're always told that there was like the North and the South and that was it. But within the South itself, there was there were actually like large pockets of resistance to the Confederacy. And like there were various reasons for that resistance. Sometimes it was um, people were against slavery. Sometimes it was people who were totally fine with slavery, but who were like, hey, I still want to be part of the union. I don't want our country to break up. There are people who are like, why do I have to fight just because I'm poor, but people who own slaves uh, can pay someone else to go in their stead. They can evade the draft. And then, of course, there were the Quakers who were uh, pacifists and who were against slavery and who were against fighting. Um, and then there were issues with like, you know, you had to register basically if you were a Quaker and sometimes people didn't register and they would be, try to force them. So there were people, who, there was basically guerrilla warfare happening within the Confederacy, Confederacy itself from Southern, Southern people against the Confederacy. And then there were also unionists who were living in the Confederacy, just like there were secessionists who were in the North and trying to, um, influence things from the North. So it's kind of this book taking a look at the idea of, uh, the story there is always like, you know, there was brother versus brother. One was union, one was Confederate. There was also neighbor versus neighbor who they were not necessarily union or Confederate. They were, were fighting for to maintain their way of life or because they didn't believe in slavery. And it wasn't just such a simple thing of like, well, I'm just going to go north and fight for the union. Some people were fighting within their neighborhoods and within the the wooded areas and fighting um Confederate militias uh, because they refused to leave the the area around their home. They so, couldn't leave the area yeah. around their home. It's similar to looking at North Carolina when yeah. we passed anti-trans legislation. Yeah, the, yeah. The, the idea that oh well, you should just leave. Yeah, you, exactly. You can't just pick up and go. It's actually yeah. You have your family, difficult. you have your life, and, and your, your friends, and also just the principle of like, why should I have to leave? the place that I love because other people are assholes. <laughs> Y'all are fucking up the joint. I can exactly. either leave and give up or I can stay and be like, no. Exactly. No. And um, also no. the idea of like, and I think this is partially what leads to this problem now of like red state, blue state when, um, you know, one of Bree Bridges and like other people uh, and, and uh, Vanessa North and people like that 
a lot of romance writers have been speaking about this recently because it's kind of like, oh, why don't we just annex this state or uh, why don't we just get rid of this state and then everything would be fine. And it's like, you know, there are plenty of people who are living in these states Mm -hmm. who are fighting the good fight in these states who need support who live in these states. And like, I wasn't thinking about this when I was writing it really. I wasn't consciously thinking of it, but it, there are very strong parallels of the, to the idea that of like just writing off a place as like, well, no one there wants to do the right thing or no one there, uh, disagrees with what is happening when, when in reality, in every place, there are a mixture of people believing in who have various reasons for believing in various things and who are some, times fighting against the like whatever majority has um power mm-hmm. but no one really talks about them or they're kind of get written off because it's easier to flatten the story to good and bad mm-hmm. north and south red and blue when you know everything it's easy is to say that the division is final yeah we've already done this and, it, right and it, it makes it easier back. Uh, it makes it easier to like write people off in yep. the end. I know many because I went to college in South Carolina. I know many Democrats in South Carolina, yeah. and they talk of the, they talk a lot about how it's so alienating and so yeah. it's so just demoralizing every time to lose every time, and they're like, "But we're still here." Yeah. Yep. So that's a hope divided. Okay, and then in. February, I am A Princess in Theory, which is the first book in the Reluctant Royals series with Avon. And that, Congratulations, by the way. Thank you. Yay. So that series, and this is my like fun contemporary romance, romantic comedy type series, aka like my I need to write something so I don't go crazy series. And like, you know, contemporary is still like, that was another reason I was really mad at politics. I was like, I'm just going to write some fun happy stuff and uh then it was like you know even more terrible things started happening in, happening in contemporary life um which you know I do try to address some aspects of things going on but that's not the focus the focus right. is like kind of like rom-com um and fun is more fun and happy and uh lighter than and also I didn't have to do a lot of terrible horrible research like I did for the civil war but yeah uh, there's still a lot of research but just like not you know terrifying things mm-hmm. um and so in a princess in theory the basic premise is uh there's a young woman a woman living in New York she's in grad school for public health for epidemiology she works in a laboratory as an assistant. She also works as a waitress. She's juggling multiple jobs in school. Um, and she grew up in foster care. She lives on her own. Um, and she starts getting these spam emails saying, like, you are betrothed to the prince of this African nation that she's never heard of. And she keeps writing it off as spam because she's like, this is ridiculous. And, you know, of course, that's not true. And it Hi. is true. Um, so then the prince shows up in New York to do some, you know, princing. He's going to the UN and some (laughs) princing. (laughs) Um, I think that should be the hashtag to promote the series. (laughs) Princing! Princing one, princing two. Although then prince fans will be like, wait, what? He's not doing like the purple princing. But he could. He could. He could. His purple is pretty associated with royalty. Yeah, this is very true. Um, he's there to do some business, um, to meet with some corporations and go to the UN and do those kinds of like, you know, the not fun aspects of being the uh, part of the government. And, um, he is kind of not really enjoying being a prince. Uh, he's the sole heir to the throne. All of the responsibility of his, you know, the future of his people is on him and pressure uh yeah exactly no pressure and he kind of is just tired of everyone expecting things from him even the things that he supposedly does for fun are things that are just expected of him because he's a prince and so he kind of uh you know he ends up finding this woman that he was betrothed to as a child in a religious ceremony and um whose family ran away when she was young they left the kingdom and it was like a huge betrayal that was never forgiven in the kingdom. But his assistant tracks her down. And when he goes to meet her to demand to know, you know, what happened, she doesn't recognize him. 
She doesn't know. She probably doesn't remember. She doesn't remember him. She doesn't know anything about him. And he's like, hey, this is kind of awesome. Someone who doesn't know I'm a prince and doesn't defer to me and doesn't uh, act like I owe them some major thing. She's like, she assumes he's one of her new coworker at a restaurant. So she just wants basic things from him. Like, can you clear this table? Uh, which he's a prince. He can't really do that. So, <laughs> so, not so it's basically them getting to know each other. She thinks he's someone else. Um, he's trying to figure out how to tell her. Um, and then of course, you know, the truth comes out and then she has to deal with discovering her true background. Um, and oh my God, this is all the catnip. <laughs> and uh, secret uh, royalty, secret betrothal, secret, secret identity, amnesia, also fake engagement fake because engagement. because then um, basically there's an epidemic, there's a, a medical, a possibly a possible epidemic in the kingdom, um, and he tells her to come back with him. She can do research for her thesis and. Uh, just by not really pretending, because technically she is engaged to him. Um, so it's not exactly a lie. So she goes back and also to discover more about her family, her people, and uh, where she came from. And, you know. It's like a Princess Diaries crossed with Coming to America. Yeah, basically. With, with reverse coming to America? Yeah, reverse. Like, <laughs> leaving. Yeah. Coming GTFO to Am- America. <laughs> coming to America, then leaving America. Yeah. And we're out. Bye. And um, Is one of them a superhero with a really secret stash of incredibly strong metal? No. So there's no vibranium. No. There's vibranium. no, there's no Vi- vibranium. Why can't I say that word? <laughs> there is. You know how some words you can't say? <laughs> That's my word. Like Adam, Adam and... Okay. Uh, yeah. No, I can't. Uh, mouth, mouth bad. No work. Also, it's Friday of RWA. Yeah. My feet don't work either. <laughs> yeah. We're both uh, barefoot, right? Yeah. Now. Barefoot on a couch. I'm wearing yoga <laughs> pants. So one of the things that you were telling me, we were texting randomly, you told me that one, you have a wonderful Etsy store that you have bought clothing from yes. that is tailored for you, that is gorgeous, bright. They're African-inspired fabrics. Yes. And then the dress on the cover of this book was made by that same yes. designer. So Please yeah. tell me how this happened because that is so cool. So the cover for Princess in Theory, um, what had happened was. <laughs> um, so, yes, I found this designer on Etsy because I, uh, to give a long, to sum up a long story, I was like never a super fashionable person. I was a tomboy growing up. In college, I was the friend that, like, my friends like to give makeovers to. Like, hey, why don't you take off those giant pants and that giant <laughs> shirt? And, like, <laughs> so it was, like, you know, 90s movie well, or early aughts movie, like, makeover. Like, here is some makeup. Have you ever heard of Sephora? Alyssa Cole is all that. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, like, Wet and Wild is cool. And you know what? I buy Wet and Wild now. I feel like I need to, if I could go back in time, I'd be like, you know, Sephora is okay, but Wet and Wild is also cool too. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, you know, so get going, teaching me about makeup and, you know, those kinds of things. Um, so, and it, I, I do enjoy like dressing up. Um, like most people, it varies. There are times when I'm like, I'm only wearing pants, that's it. I'm only wearing pants and t-shirt and I try to dress that up because that is the only thing that feels right. Like if I go to RT or RWA, I'm not going to wear a dress just because I'm there. Like if it doesn't feel right to me, I can't do it or I'll be completely uncomfortable. But part of that is that when I do with the, uh, particularly with this designer who is um, adorned by Nicole on Etsy. We are going to link to that. Yeah. And we have special cool things from Ms. Nicole. So thank you, Nicole. Um, yeah. So when I found this person and uh, well, when I first, the, the first thing time that I really had like a fitting type situation was like for my wedding. Mm-hmm. Um, and as a person who had never even really thought I was going to get married and then I was like, oh, okay, I'm, getting married now i guess i need a wedding dress but i don't want to do all of that stuff so i was like i was living well i wasn't i was living in brooklyn 
So in Williamsburg and, you know, going around in the summer and there are these flea markets and I saw this kind of beautiful linen dress on a mannequin. And I was like, I talked to it and I was like, that could be a cool wedding dress. It's white-ish. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's some tulle underneath. And, um, but I really had no idea how like kind of, I didn't, like I'm not, I wouldn't even go to get things like tailored just because like that kind of stuff made me anxious. Um, so it was either just like it fits or... I'm not wearing it because I'm not going to go like have someone like measure me and do all of that stuff because it made me very uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. So I started talking to the guy and he was like, oh, yeah, I was I was on like Project Runway and blah, blah. And I was like, oh, man, I am not going to be able to afford this. But that was not true because it was like because it's just a kind of simple linen dress. And um, his name was Epperson. I forget what season of Project Runway was on. He's also a very fabulous designer who makes simple, cool things. And so I met with him and kind of got measured and saw like, oh, cool. And I was like, I feel like I'm in a Regency. <laughs> <laughs> My modiste, he's like measuring me. My mom is over here and like you know, giving him directions. And mm-hmm. I was like, no, now I know I, you know. I get this, it this now. Is like, yeah, this is like, this is the fun part. And also, you know, occasionally not fun part. Like when you're getting poked by pins and stuff like that. But like it is. Instead of being made to feel like your body has to fit some clothing that's pre-made, the clothing is going to be made to fit you perfectly. And it was just a very cool experience. And, um, you know, the wedding dress came out really great. I loved it. Um, And then I was like, oh, okay. Like I feel like this is a way of a different way of expressing myself. I usually... My shopping in general was like, you know, H&M, Forever 21, and like whatever their cheapest clothing possible, which isn't always the most flattering clothing. You can find things that flatter you. And so I was like, this is cool. And it's not, it doesn't have to be super expensive. It's not like, it doesn't have to be a rich person thing. Because like when you grow up at a certain income level, it's like, that's a rich person thing. That's a rich, yeah, that's a rich, having clothes tailored to a certain distance, like, it's like, oh, wait, am I going to do that? Why don't I just get, like, these $10 jeans instead of getting these other things? And, like, so, like, sometimes I still, like, really struggle with, like, okay, I'm spending a bit more than usual, but I tell myself, and, like, to be clear, like, my mom, also, my mom is extremely fashionable, but she's, like, super, she, like, her superpower is, like, going to the Salvation Army finding the most amazing, like, you know, <laughs> high-end stuff for, like... Six fu- bucks. Yeah. yeah. Like, that is an art form. It's crazy. And I told you, like, she's the one who, like, sent me, like, that perfect top for my Rita dress. I ordered some crazy thing, and she was like, um... Because I had to send it to my parents' house because I don't trust Island Mail all the time. And so I sent it to my parents' house in New Jersey, and, like, she was like, uh, these shirts you, work, you bought are not going to work. And then she sent me, of course, like, several shirts that worked perfectly so thanks mom good looking out <laughs> but yeah so she always and like that was the other thing like you know i was like this tomboy and like always wearing these giant shirts and giant pants and kind of like using clothing to hide behind mm-hmm. and I like the same thing and like my mom um you know she always dressed very fashionably like i don't think i ever even saw her in jeans until like this past decade <laughs> <laughs> um and so like uh in a way it's kind of like oh cool like now i see like the enjoyment that she got out of like finding these nice items for not a lot of money because there is also that aspect of like i got a deal or like this doesn't have to be some crazy like rich person thing and i can still find things that make me feel nice and make me feel like comfortable especially at conference which is usually when i'm wearing these kinds of things at home i'm just like wearing pajamas or whatever but um like like uh, finding nice fashionable affordable things that will last a really long time so they're worth a little bit more money than obviously like you know getting something from h&m like you know not dissing h&m obviously no, but I their love clothing them. is meant to be yeah it's disposable it is disposable because it's inexpensive enough yeah. to come back in the next season and get 10 things for the same price yeah. and I, also like- i have a dress from h&m that i bought many rwas ago and I'm terrified to wash it because <laughs> I know the color and the yeah. threads are just going to come right yeah. out. And so I'm like, all right, it's not too hot. I can wear this dress because yeah. I can't wash it. <laughs> I can only like wave it near some fabric softener. <laughs> There's some Febreze on it. Yeah, it's, cool. it's fine. I'm, I can never wash it. It'll, it'll fall yeah. apart. So like, and yeah, the durability and also um, 
So actually, before I found the Etsy person, um, I was at a street fair uh, with Mr. Cole, who is French. This comes into play. I'm not just like throwing that out there. So there was a woman I saw stand with all of these very adorable, tiny children's um, dresses in African print. And then I was trying, I asked her, oh, do you make these for adults? And she was like, oh, she could only speak French. She was from the Ivory Coast. At that point, my French was not the strongest. For it clothing. was like way like super 101. And I was trying to communicate, but then, like, Mr. Cole was there. Like, he wasn't Mr. Cole then, but he yeah. came over and, like, you know, translated. Ta- translated and, like, uh, she took my measurements and, like, had some super cheap and, like, awesome and unique dresses that, like, no one else in the world has. Mm-hmm. And it was like, oh, this is so cool. And this is just, like, I met this awesome woman. I got to, like, help the – not help because that's, like, saying someone who bought my books helped me, which you do. Well, okay, I'm sorry. There I'm going down. A, I'm going down a rabbit But like buying support. locally, yeah, to support. Support, yeah, support is the right an word. individual business. Yeah, sorry, it's like Friday at RWA. My brain word is hard. <laughs> word hard. Brain tired. But oh, yeah, yeah, support. Like, so it felt good to like support someone who I'm like interacting with and mm-hmm. like seeing, um, you know, how happy it makes them to like make things and, and to sell things and to create things, yeah. and like, um, so she made me a couple of dresses. Um, and then, but they were hard to find because they didn't have a store. They would go from um, fair to from fair. fair to fair. And also, then I moved uh, away from New York, so I couldn't like go searching festivals for them. So then I was like, oh, I like these African print dresses, and um, I looked on Etsy, and I found this woman, um, Nicole, and I just fell in love with her. The her designs, like the prints, but also her designs and the the flow of them and the shape of them. And I was like, this feels like me. Isn't that the best feeling? Yeah. Like, oh, I figured out how I feel most comfortable. Yeah. So the skirt you're wearing right now, is that on one of her designs? Yes, it is. So it is a deep cobalt blue with big yellow and orange sunflowers and a, a really subtle print around them. And it's it's really gorgeous. Yeah. And, and it's And there's nothing else like it. Yeah, like, and it's just really nice. I always get compliments when I'm wearing her stuff, like, um, and especially, like, the first time I picked up the dress, I was in New York um, visiting my parents and, like, you know, doing publishing stuff, and, like, I, and people, this is, like, whenever people say New Yorkers are mean, and, like, they don't really know New Yorkers, because, like, if you're wearing something nice in New York, like, women, men, like, people will stop and be like, hey, that's a nice dress, like, People get like you, they're not going to continue the conversation, and no. like, but it's just I like, hey, that's nice. It's like just this kind of like appreciation of like, hey, I like that, I like that. Mm-hmm. Well, New York is inherently it, fashionable on many levels, yeah. and I remember Meg Cabot wrote in one of the, I think it was one hundred missing you series that New Yorkers aren't inherently mean; they just don't want to stop, yeah, and they don't want to be yeah. stopped. You keep the compliment, you, 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 you say you the compliment, you keep slow it moving down. Right? <laughs> yeah. Hey, you look great. Thanks. Bye. Like, yeah, just, you, they don't. They're not mean. They just don't want to stop. Yeah, that's why taxis don't hit you because if they hit you, then they have to stop. <laughs> Nobody wants to stop. So I was like, "Oh, this is cool!" Like, um, getting a lot of compliments for this, and yeah. like, also, I I wanted to tell her, like, "Hey, everyone, like, really loves, loves it. Every time I wear something that from you, like, people are like literally like running by me, like, "Hey, that's great! That's beautiful! Where to come from?" So I'm like, you know, going down the street, like shouting, like, adore my Nicole. <laughs> Go on Etsy. Like as we're like passing like two ships on the street um, so or two taxis on the street. Right. right. Um, and so I um, I've bought like several pieces from her that like have become part of my wardrobe for conferences. Yes. I or have- said that i have two clothes yeah two classes of clothing and one is for conferences yeah and so i'm I like never wear it except when i'm at a conference so i'm like you know like don't take too many pictures of me because i'm going to be wearing this probably next year um <laughs> but um but like you know and always getting compliments and always just like just really appreciating like her hard work that went mm-hmm. into it and so when i was writing uh i'm pretty sure i started this series before i started buying from her but then when the series was uh got acquired and we started talking about cover design and they were going to have a cover shoot which means that they would need clothing and i was like you know 
what would actually fit the mood perfectly uh, would be this kind of like subtle African print design dress. Yeah. To, yeah, to like because I wanted it to have a kind of regal feeling, but comfortable because the heroine doesn't know she's a princess, and or a princess to be rather, and also just kind of um, to like let the reader know at a glance that like, okay, here is something. It's a beautiful dress. It's an African print, and also another really cute thing is that she also makes like bow ties that match the dress. So then if you look at the cover, his bow tie is the matching print for So on the cover is a dress from this designer on Etsy and the hero is wearing a matching bow tie. Yes. And you know, it's also a very interesting signal because it's a bright color. Yeah. And it's like you said, it's comfortable, but it's unique and it's regal. And someone who's familiar with African patterns is going to immediately identify that like, Oh, why is she wearing an African print? Yeah. It, it it sends signals on a multiple level, which is very cool. Oh, I get to see the cover. I'm so excited. And I also, like, I just felt like it would go perfectly because, like, you know, we all put a little bit of ourselves into our characters that we write. And this character is not, per- like, her friend who is in um, the heroine in book two is the more fashionable one who is, um, you know, very, who is rich and comfortable with designer clothing and who is always thinking about presentation to a certain degree, whereas Nolody um, is, like, uh, more down-to-earth in jeans and T-shirts and, like, she's working at a lab all the time. She's wa- uh, wearing a waitressing uniform the other mm-hmm. half of the time or she's going to school, so she's not super... Her clothing is it, functional, not expressive. Yeah, in general. And, or if it's expressing something, it's like, I'm a nerd who yeah. likes science. Yeah. Um, so I wanted it to be something that could re- she would realistically feel comfortable in mm-hmm. um, as a character, not like some like crazy flowing long dress. Um, oh, so here is the cover and the dress. It is so gorgeous, and it's a full dress too. It has a big skirt and a really narrow waist and a gorgeous neckline. And do you see his bow tie? His bow tie matches the pattern <laughs> that is incredible oh my and also that cover is so gorgeous oh my gosh yeah they did a really great job with it oh my gosh and there's a crown i didn't just i just caught the crown she's holding a crown behind his yeah. head or behind his back yeah oh my gosh y'all are gonna lose your minds when you see this cover <laughs> it is like i could just sit here and talk <laughs> wow so yeah and like i really just wanted um if we were going to have, if there, if it was possible to just have that kind of, I felt like it would be a really great visual just yeah. because the print is a, like her prints, uh, Nicole's prints that she chooses for her dresses are usually so bright and evocative and kind of and like royal hap- colors. Yeah. There's royal blue, there's purple. These are yeah. colors that are traditionally associated with royalty. So I thought it would be great for the cover. And then like, you know, Sir Avon contacted her and it worked out really well. And she sent the dress and like, you know, the funny thing of being like, oh, like, do you want the dress after? And what are we going to do with the dress? Who's going to get the dress? Mm-hmm. And then like, they're like, you can fit the dress, right? And I was like, that model's a size zero. <laughs> <laughs> <So> no. <laughs> my thigh maybe can fit the dress. Uh, <laughs> I love doing that in a story. This shirt fits over my left boob, but not my right. <laughs> um, so, you know, we'll see what happens with the dress. But um, You won't know this pain, but you know what's really fun? When you're five foot three, like me, and the maxi dress is hanging up, <laughs> and the hem of the maxi dress is at your ankle, and the hanger is above your head. Oh, goodness. Like, I, yeah. No. When the dress is taller than you, this happens to me all the time. You don't know this pain. I don't, I don't feel that pain. Yeah. You're, but I have the high water pain. That's true. Um, you do have putting. the high water pain. <laughs> I, yeah, that's also uh, my true. ankles sticking Always out. cold. <laughs> Always cold ankles. Cropped but, pants, yeah, even what? when they're not supposed to be. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, when cropped pants came to style, I was like, yes. Yes, all my pants. Why couldn't this have like, happened in high school? Right? <laughs> Lord. <laughs> um, yeah, but that was like, you know, the Jenko jeans phase. But we <laughs> It was a dark time. <laughs> it was. I, I, was, I saw some Jenkos like on social media. And I was like, wait, is this coming back? I saw somebody wearing pleated stonewashed jeans in Times Square once and was like, no, <laughs> no, please, no. Please tell me you're from the past. And this is the time. This is the witness of time travel. I, you please tell me no. This Please don't come back. Please don't wash. No, please. No. Just no. Yeah. So um, and it worked out and it worked out really great on the cover. So um, I think there's something you can do with this dress. Like. 
I mean, I'm, we're saying about like a giveaway or something. Or like that. If this is this would be horrible if she has more of the fabric or or takes. Oh yeah, the dress. she sent she sent some more fabric. You could make like little accessories to give away that match the dress, yeah. like little purses, yeah, scarves, that's true. head scarves, headbands, bow ties, bow ties, hair. Um, Scrunchies. Thank you. I'm making this open and close <laughs> hand gesture because that's because I have short hair and I haven't used that word in like five years. Scrunchies. That would be very cool. That is a good idea. Yep. Whole line of accessories that match the cover because that's really unique. It's yeah, beautiful. Uh, no, and I was planning to like do some giveaways of things to go along with the cover just because it's so fun and like also it's like really cool just saying of like for me as the author, but also as a reader, just seeing like a black woman and a black couple on the cover and wearing an African wearing print, African print and, and readers can go to that store and start ordering clothes for themselves. Yeah. And I mean, I think everyone should because her clothing is amazing. And <laughs> I've, it's also like one cool thing about this. Is I don't have to keep screaming. I don't mind Nicole. Uh, it can just be in one helpful spot. People yep. can yep. go find her. Yep. Poor Nicole. She's the- like, oh, listen. <laughs> She's like, I only have two hands. Um, but the other thing that's interesting too, like this isn't her full-time job. Like, and mm-hmm. for me as a writer. This is her side hustle. Yeah. As a writer, uh, you know, most of us writers are generally doing something else. And like just we write because we have to, because we feel like this is like our creative outlet. Yep. And so that also was something that really attracted me is like she has her full-time job and like she just really loves making clothing so much and has these ideas and these designs and these like creates these beautiful things that make people happy. And like kind of the, you know, I saw the kind of correlation between that and what most artists do, what we do as writers, what putting beauty into the world and it's the way that we can. And independent women creators can support other independent women creators making various forms of art yes and and wearable art is so so intrinsically um bound up in so much of the history yeah and like even the idea of like um so like i wear head wraps a lot not at conference usually uh but like african print head wraps or just like you know solid print head wraps i think nicole makes them i usually get them by uh from Oh, why am I blanking on the name? And there was the history of like black women were told that they had to keep their heads covered. And like um, in certain places, they would use these like very elaborate, bright, beautiful designs like in New Orleans. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a name for it that I'm totally blanking on because, again, it's, you it's know, Friday, Friday at RWA. RWA. Let's do <laughs> but, um, interviews. So there's like, you know, this aspect of like, using these beautiful bright colors as a form of, and this is even something that comes into uh, some of the stories that I'm writing now, that how clothing can sometimes be like a form of armor and a form of protection and a form of keeping yourself. Like that's why when people like often there can be in some like kind of feminist circles uh, or the idea that if you dress up, if you wear makeup, if you wear beautiful clothing that you're like, you're participating in patriarchy and your own subjugation or anything like that but a lot of times and especially depending on the context of your Mm -hmm. own cultural background um it can be a form of i don't want to say rebellion definitely rebellion though because of uh in actual historical context it is it was actual rebellion Mm -hmm. but in current context of it can be a way of uh protecting yourself and kind of crafting your own image and making sure that you feel comfortable and safe and able to move through the world in a way that is comfortable to you. Absolutely. Um, so I, plus at places like RWA, I remember, I remember learning from the uh, sociologists, uh, Joanna Gregson and Jen Lois, who were studying the romance community from a sociological perspective. They were telling me that as is commonly known by sociologists, Single gender communities eventually embody hypertrophied aspect of that yeah. gender. So large groups of men who spend time with just men, you see a lot of um, hypertrophied masculinity, a lot of muscles, bodybuilding, that kind of thing. With women, especially if you see at RWA, it's like plumage. And we're yeah. all plumage for each other. And part of that is part of that is armor. And yeah. I am presenting my best, most professional self, but it's also 
you can see some of the women who are walking around. You can you can just sort of see so much pride and poise and, yeah. and confidence and in one, how you're how you're wearing. And one thing that makes me happy. So I'm just going to show you this is the head wrap place is called the Wrap Life. W R A P. The Wrap Life. Life. And awesome. So, and these they make these beautiful head Gorgeous. wraps. They gather fabrics from around the world and. Um, that's also just fun too, and also when I don't feel like doing my hair or doing <laughs> like it's, and also it's like just a nice accessory too to wear out. Um, but the thing about RWA and dressing up and things like that is like, like I said, I don't always feel like wearing a dress, and like sometimes I'm just like I'm just going to wear jeans and a t-shirt, and like I'll put a blazer on on top of that to try and dress it up or whatever. And I think it's important too when talking about dressing and about fashion. Um, like I feel like fashion can be made to feel very inaccessible or it can be made to feel like it's this one particular thing. And then other people who feel like I am not fashionable, they feel uncomfortable. They feel like they aren't wearing the right thing at RWA or they can't come to RWA because they don't have the right thing to wear. I went through and, that. And yeah. it's like, I feel like that's like a very traumatizing thing, especially if, for people who have been told that they aren't feminine or, or they they, or... they aren't beautiful, they aren't doing or dressing the right way, they aren't wearing the right thing or they don't have the right shape, the right build or the right, you know, mm-hmm. height, stature and yep. uh whatever for wearing beautiful things or for people who are like gender nonconforming who don't want to wear a dress or who want to wear a dress and are told that they shouldn't wear a dress and like the all of there's like so much anxiety about what to wear and particularly particularly what to wear at conference and like one of the things i do enjoy is like just seeing like the variety of things people wear like you know there are people just wearing jeans and sneakers and Mm -hmm. that's fine too and there are people who for them like and especially for writers who you know we if you work at home and if your other job is from working from home or if you're a stay-at-home mom or things like that where you're not really dressing up that much Mm -hmm. it can be like you said that opportunity to feel like here is this armor that i'm donning and getting to go out and wear this like nice thing that makes me feel nice Mm -hmm. and like so that's why I really don't um, enjoy when the idea of femininity or I don't think it should be promoted as like, oh, you, you must dress like this to be dressed correctly for right. RW or for going out. To be this. But I also don't like the thing pushing back against it, which is if you wear makeup and lipstick or if, you, or if you're if you're dressing too nicely, then you are. Enabling the patriarchy. Enabling supporting. the patriarchy or in, in some way like showing off or being you should kind of refrain from doing that. Like people should dress how they want <laughs> also, at the bottom line. Like as with anything, people should do what they want as long as it's not harmful. You do you to anyone else or yourself. But also with these particular dresses and these patterns, you are also owning your blackness visibly and colorfully, which yeah. in itself is a radical statement. And for me, it's also just kind of. I am obviously black when I'm walking around so people see that. Whoa. But I kind of, I kind of just also like having I feel like it's in a way I don't want to say it's part of my brand but it's part of my brand armor of like of this is um telling you straight out kind of who I am and um but it's and, visible colorful pride. Yeah. And in a way I appreciate I do that. I do feel that a little bit but I try not to get too crazy with it because I'm not African. I'm American. Mm -hmm. So, and then, like, for African people, African prints are their everyday clothing. It's not some specialty thing Mm -hmm. for them. Um, And so I try to, like, walk the balance between, like, I'm not trying to, like, come out in, like, a full, like, you know. And that's the thing about these. Like, these clothes, they are African prints, but they are um, generally the styles are the artist, the designer's own. And, like, they're, like very contemporary styles they're not they're not like traditional african uh cuts and Mm -hmm. designs for the clothing they're inspired by them sometimes uh for certain dresses but these are like very um chic and comfortable casual can be dressed up kind of um Mm -hmm. clothing and it's not like because sometimes when you also when you search for african clothing they're 
pe- there's African there clothing that people yes. are African coming. print and African style. Yeah, African style is a, a different thing, and there are African designers who are selling those things too. And I do have some things from that, but like for me, I don't. I'm like I'm not trying to like appropriate, right? Because they're you know they're African RWA members. They can wear that if right. that they feel comfortable with that. Right. And like this is something Sonali was talking about earlier on our panel. Like she was like you know she's wearing her sari and. Uh, you did a whole panel this morning on branding yeah and being your brand yeah and she was like she doesn't necessarily wear that to go to costco <laughs> but it's also not fake or weird for no. her to wear it because um that is her culture and she feels comfortable wearing and that, that. Is her identity yeah and so it's like i feel comfortable wearing this but i'm not going to show up looking like uh you know wearing like a full giant head wrap and like like very, speci- very, very specific cultural clothing right. that is not from my culture because I'm not trying to appropriate any particular African culture because that belongs to someone else. It doesn't belong to me. Right. Um, but also one very smart thing is that um, I've noticed over the years doing author interviews and doing podcast interviews. And this is certainly true for me as well. It's a lot easier for me to promote another artist or another creator other than myself. Like yeah. I have to be reminded, you you do know, Sarah, that you have books that you <laughs> could talk about that have your name on them. <laughs> oh, right. Yes. So you're walking around with this other designer. It's part of your brand. But there is an inherent um, network or generosity in that because you can talk about this other designer and say you can go to her store and this is someone's work. Um, yeah. Nobody I, can and wear I, your book. But you can wear another artist's work and help promote them. And that, for yeah. me, that would make me a lot more comfortable to talk, like, small I mean, talk and conversation I just with people get, I like, don't know. I get very excited about things that, I mean, like most humans, <laughs> I get very excited about, like, um, things that I enjoy and especially things that I find, like, beautiful and moving. Creativity and, and other Yeah, and exciting. creative. And, like, um, like, you know, it's the same for me. It's like book squee when you read yes! that book that you really enjoy. Yes, absolutely. So, like, um, I, this is, like, dress squee or, yep. like, skirt Clothing squee. squee. Yep. And, it's, uh, and you know, that's one of the other cool things about being at RWA and you see someone, you're like, oh, your dress is so pretty, your shirt is so pretty, your earring, like, mm-hmm. um, or, like, you know, that looks great on you and it's, like, just kind of like makes you happy too to see someone else feeling happy and compliments annoying. usually feel pretty good so I mean, good ones yeah a well-crafted and, compliment um and like just seeing like you know everyone feeling happy and feeling good about themselves and hopefully feeling good about themselves and not feeling like they you know had to wear something they didn't want to wear or don't fit in or anything like that so um yeah, being able to wear something nice that makes me feel happy and makes me feel comfortable and also being like, look at this, like, can you believe another human made this? But made this in her part time. Yes, <laughs> in her part- spare time. In her, her spare time. As her side gig. <laughs> like, it's not even like her full time. Like, I'm fairly certain she's an accountant. <laughs> so it's like the fact that someone sat down and like uh, took care and put some part of themselves into this mm-hmm. um, makes it like really special for yep. me. I think. That's very special. And it's, 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 in, it's almost inherently generous. Yeah. This is for spare time. And yeah. yes, she should be paid for her labor, but she is creating works of wearable art for yeah. other people to feel beautiful in. Yeah. I mean, that's just a gorgeous thing. All and the way if around. you go to her Instagram, like there are so many cute and like cool pictures of like, um, you know, like a whole family, like the mom wearing a dress and like the little baby wearing a dress and then the dad wearing like the bow tie, like for their family pictures. And it's just like really beautiful and like a way of, um, I don't know, the wearable art mm-hmm. aspect it's and like wonderful. just, yeah. So you have a coupon. Code. I do. I believe so. We you you were smart enough to reach out to Nicole. Well, I just wanted to be like, hey, I'm going to talk about you. Heads so, up, <laughs> ho- you know. Hopefully, if you start getting stock up on thread, my friend. <laughs> um, I'm just. I was just like, I, well, I wanted to also make sure. I was like, is it okay if I right. talk about how awesome you are? And she was like, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she didn't say that exactly, but I like, think that yes, was. Yes, that true. is fine. You you may talk about what I do is cool. She is, said that she was really excited to hear that it was going to be talked about on a podcast. Yay. And also she was, was going to make a coupon code for 10% off of her clothing. That's um, so great. And the 
code is Alyssa10. A-L-Y-S-S-A-1-0. Yes. And I will have all of this information in the podcast yes. entry. Um, so, you know, if you like beautiful clothing and supporting independent, independent creators, check it out. Um, and like just the stuff is really beautiful. And it's for me really cool to see people, no matter what their art is, like pursuing their dream. And, yep. and it, I was so excited that it got to be on the cover just because it looks beautiful (laughs) it's so beautiful so in the podcast entry i will have pictures of the cover links to all your books and information and links to the store with the coupon code so anyone who's listening can go check out designs by nicole and get 10 percent off adorned by nicole excuse me adorned by nicole i beg your pardon nicole bad bad wording friday rwa and i will say i'm pretty sure she's on instagram and facebook i will link and not on twitter i will link to all of them that's so great. Yay. Is there anything else you wanted to add? Maybe you could talk about some books that I'm reading. Yes, please, if you don't mind, because I didn't prepare you for that question. I don't like to ask <laughs> it if I haven't said. And I'm going to ask you what you're reading. Because sometimes people go, uh, I have no idea. Do I even read? I don't remem- <laughs> remember if I read. Okay, so things that I have started reading or have read. Um, Between a Honeymoon and a Hot Mess by Phyllis Bourne, uh, which is the second book in her Hot Mess series, which is romantic comedy. And it's really funny. Uh, It's a second chance romance. And the heroine is kind of very, um, she's a perfectionist. She has not, she, her college boyfriend cheated on her. And uh, she kind of, after that, never pursued her dreams. She like went back to the family business and um then she's in vegas for her but her sister's wedding has a bit much to drink and wakes up um married to her college sweetheart who she ran into oops (laughs) and so it's like a really great uh it's really great and funny and sweet and it's kind of like and i usually don't get down with like formerly cheating heroes Mm -hmm. but like i thought it had a really interesting take on it of like he was like this nerd this beautiful woman who made him built him up and made him feel really great. And he ruined that by like getting too full of himself. Mm -hmm. And um, he's a life coach at this point. So she's kind of like, you know, screw this. I'm not like staying married to you. And he's like, well, okay, no, but maybe I can, uh, he feels bad that knowing that she didn't achieve her dreams in part because of him. So he starts helping her plan her goal uh, to leave her family's business and start become a writer and a blogger. And um, it's like super sweet. And it's like about not letting perfectionism, uh, you know, ruin your chances at happiness mm-hmm. and not being so down on yourself for not doing everything perfectly and to just try to do your best. And also with love and romance and hot sex and like laughter. So, um, yeah, Between a Honeymoon and a Hot Mess by Phyllis Bourne. See, I've also started reading like Cat Sebastian's Mail um, Mail Avon Historicals, and her writing is amazing, and I love it. So the one I'm reading now is The Soldier Scoundrel, which is, you know, it's just, she's a great writer. Check her out. And um, what else am I reading? I'm looking at my Kindles. Everyone <laughs> so does you know. this. This is normal. Just so everyone can, does this. Just so I can make sure that I'm like... uh not getting anything wrong you know the other stuff is like in my tbr pile um my next book that i plan on reading sounds like summer by six de los reyes and she wrote um love and other chemical love and other chemical reactions yes um and i've heard a lot of great stuff about that and it's next on my tbr pile oh and did i okay better at weddings than you just speaking of romance class better at weddings than you by uh mina v esguera yes uh, I really enjoyed that heroine. It's a heroine and hero who are both uh, wedding planners and kind of, you know, have a, little, a bit of a rivalry, but also like just the way she writes, her characterization is so unique and like really awesome and realistic. And like you, whenever I read a book by her, I'm always like thinking about her characters later. Like they seem so real, yeah, and they're they're flawed in ways that aren't a caricature, and they're yeah. real in ways that are relatable. And it's she's really yeah. good at creating fictional, yeah, vivid, real people. 
Yeah, and and you're always drawn into her books, and like, yeah, just really like, oh, what are they doing now? Oh, wait, they're not. They're not real. <laughs> they're not <Shit>. real. <laughs> they're just still hanging out in that book because that's where they live. Well, I mean, I have many, many mental canon fanfics about <laughs> Ivan and what he and his wife are doing right now. Um, I was actually thinking of writing something like for Christmas this year. Maybe I'll do that. I would As be if I had favor. <laughs> a, sh- a very short story because I also think about what they're doing too. Uh, Ivan and Sophie and their their children now. And that is all for this week's episode. Thank you so much to Alyssa Cole for hanging out in my room. As you could tell, this was Friday of RWA. We were very loopy and tired, but I am so excited to have shared this conversation with you. And if you would like that coupon information, I'm sure that you would. First, you can go to smartbitchestrashybooks.com slash podcast. The podcast entry for this episode, if you are on the treadmill or cleaning the house or dying wool, hello, yes, I'm in your house. You have good snacks. Just kidding. That's creepy. Uh, if you're, you know, busy, you should go to the website and then you can find all the information. But if you've got a pen right now and you're like, oh my gosh, give me the code. Here you go. Adorned by Nicole is on Etsy. And the code for 10% off an item is Alyssa, A-L-Y-S-S-A, the number 10. So you can get 10% off an item from Adorned by Nicole. She made the dress that's on Alyssa's book cover and several other items of clothing that I've seen Alyssa wear at conferences that are really beautiful. And her clothing has pockets. It's amazing. Definitely check out Adorned by Nicole. And thank you so much, Nicole, for this coupon. I really, really appreciate it. This episode was brought to you by Pretend You're Safe by Alexandra Ivey and by Kensington Books. Thank you, Kensington. This book is entirely Elise Catnip. If you like creepy thrillers, this is going to be exactly what you want to read. Listen to this. First came the floods, then the bodies, then the lockets. Lockets filled with blood-stained hair. J.C. Patterson escaped a serial killer as a young girl. Now that same serial killer, or a copycat, is targeting her once again, taunting her, stalking her, and leaving her more perverted gifts. As a teen, she could not convince the cops that what was happening to her was anything but a prank. Now that literal bodies have begun to surface, will the police finally take up the case? Demonstrating her strong plotting ability, Pretend You're Safe by New York Times bestselling author Alexandra Ivey is a tale full of thrilling suspense, unforgettable twists, and a tale so chilling it will have readers looking over their shoulders because in this world, no one is safe. For more information, you can visit kensingtonbooks.com. Now, the music you are listening to is provided by Sassy Outwater. You can find her on Twitter at Sassy Outwater. This is Caravan Palace. This track is one of my favorites from this two-album set. It is called Queens. You can find it on their double album set, which includes Caravan Palace and Panic. You can find that at Amazon or on iTunes. We are also on iTunes at iTunes.com slash DBSA. You can find recent episodes and some of the books that we discuss in the iBookstore. So if you're an iPerson or an iOS person, type of person definitely check that out one more thing to tell you Eh, a couple more things first patreon we have a patreon it is patreon.com slash smart bitches and i have begun transcribing or commissioning transcripts from garlic knitter for early episodes i think we're up to about episode nine i don't remember numbers which means that numbering a podcast is always a challenge for me But we have started transcripts for the older episodes dating back to 2009 and 2011. And it's been really, really fun for me to read over the transcripts for these older episodes. So definitely have a look if you are enjoying the transcripts or you like the show or you'd like to participate in behind the scenes shenanigans. Please have a look at patreon.com slash smart bitches. For $1 a month, you make a deeply, deeply appreciated difference in the strength of the show. And I am very, very grateful. So thank you. Are you still listening? Are you still here? That's really cool because I have more cool things to tell you. You ready for cool things? Here's some cool things. First of all, if you would like to email me, ask me a question or suggest something or, you know, tell me what you thought of a particular episode, I think hearing from you is super cool. So you should email me at sbjpodcast at gmail.com or sarah at smartbitchestrashybooks.com. They both end up in the same place, which is my inbox. So please email me. And if you would like to ask a question to be included on a show, you can always record a voice memo on your phone and then just email it to me. Or leave us a voicemail at 1-201-371-3272. You can ask for a recommendation. You can tell us something you want to tell us about. You can tell us a joke. I love jokes. I have really bad jokes. You want to hear a bad joke? This is your reward for listening all the way to through the outro, which is totally a word. 
You ready for a bad joke? This is my favorite bad joke lately. Oh no, I have two bad jokes. I'll save the next one for next episode. So here's a bad joke. What is red and smells like blue paint? Give up? Not sure? What's red and smells like blue paint? Red paint. <laughs> That's a terrible joke, right? I love that joke. Anyway, if you want to leave me a joke, you can call our voicemail at one two zero one three seven one three two seven two. That is a U.S. number, so strange dialing patterns and costs may apply. You can always email us or leave a voicemail or send us a voice memo, but however it is that you contact us, hearing from you is awesome. And if you like or subscribe or share the podcast or leave a review in the Apple Podcast app, which I understand is new and nifty, or wherever you get your podcasts, it helps people discover the show, and I'm deeply grateful for that, too. So since you're the greatest human being, I'm going to let you get on with your day, right? On behalf of Alyssa Cole and myself and everyone here, including all the animals, we wish you the very best of reading. Have an excellent, excellent weekend. <laughs>